I invite you to take a moment to simply check in with your breathing. Imagining for a moment this breath is your connection to your answers. This natural rhythm of your breathing provides you clarity, peace, and a deeper understanding of not only what's on the horizon, but what's sitting right in this present moment. Inviting you to breathe in and breathing out. Allowing yourself to expand into the present moment and simply watching what starts to percolate up. What is at the surface? In a way, it's what is heart felt and right in front of you. Breathing in and breathing out. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and potential spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, you're going to hear from one of my guests who speaks eloquently about her personal story. Welcome. Thank you. How are you coming in? A little nervous. Yeah. What's making you a little nervous? This vulnerability. I'm talking about this really personal experience. It is really personal, isn't it? It is. Mm -hmm. A lot of times psychedelics brings a lot of that up, doesn't it? Just not only psychedelics, but someone's therapeutic journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's very intimate. You said exposing. What's exposing about it? Well, talking and if you're talking about it in a genuine way, then you're kind of taking away all of the the verbiage that we tend to use about mental health and therapy and just kind of getting to the heart of it, what it really feels like. That's exposing. What is it like to go right to the heart of it for you personally? Um, Extremely extremely embodying and freeing but also really scary kind of being on a tightrope as if we're walking a tightrope and if i hear you correctly it's being exposed and potentially also extremely healed or connected when you said embodied that means a deeper Mm -hmm. sense of connection yes yes i heard a wonderful pause of contemplation what what just landed for you that experience of being so deeply in your body and like in yourself, that's very kind of new to me since I did the psychedelic journey, for lack of a better word. I feel profoundly different. Say more about that. So you came to the psychedelic world and what I hear you saying is a little bit more 
cognitive or intellectual. And now you recognize mm -hmm. after the experience, mm -hmm. there's something yeah. going on in your body. <laughs> yeah, that was unexpected. Oh, in what way? Well, I kind of thought it would be, you know, kind of like meditative or where you just kind of sit or lie and like everything's happening just in your mind. Sorry. But I very quickly like, tuned in and I noticed that things were happening in my body and that I wanted to respond to them. Um, and that was surprising. And responding in a way that surprised you as if it was scary to be able to access that or surprising or tell me more about that. Well, I don't know. We mentioned like the ketamine that I've, I've done before, the ketamine treatments, and that's extremely like, disembodied. It feels like the experience is happening like in another dimension, not in your body. So I, I sort of expected it to be like that. But it was like, oh, hello, I have a body. This is where I live. Yeah, so you and I have been working together and you've been doing ketamine treatments and I totally agree with you and I, I respect ketamine, but I hear so often people saying it's very out of body, very almost disassociative, no? Extremely, yeah. Extremely, yeah. Extremely, <laughs> yeah. And the intention of working with ketamine before we dive into your psychedelic experience was for mental health uh, and kind of recreate. Yeah. Solely, my intention was just to treat my depression. Yeah. My conscious intention anyway. Yeah. And when you say conscious intention, what have you found working with the treatments and the, the protocols providers are asking of you? The ketamine, even though I... I I don't prefer it. It's still kind of catapulted me into like a different, because I've never done any sort of drug other than pods. And so it sort of catapulted me into this other realm of experience that I didn't know could exist. And so that made me kind of question <laughs> the nature of reality in our minds and our sense of identity. I didn't expect that. I thought I would just feel better. You know, my depression without questions yeah right that, just, with, yeah just boom yeah and for mm -hmm. you and i one of the things i love about our relationship is a very pragmatic scientific based look at things you've reminded me that you're looking at it like when we were just laughing a little bit about astrology so if there's no mm -hmm. scientific proof for you what happens I'm going to not really digest it very well. Sure. And then lo and behold, the ketamine gave you an entry point and an invitation to what? Uh, to that there's realities. And I don't mean that in like a supernatural way, but that there's levels of existence or ways of thinking that are different than the way we currently think and experience. And I knew that already cognitively, but not experientially. Yeah, that embodied. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then up comes an opportunity to, and thank you for being so vulnerable, dive into a deeper medicine, a more organic okay. medicine. Can you tell me a little bit about how you trusted that experience and what came up for you to give that a shot? Yeah. Well, somebody that I trusted a lot, one of my colleagues, 
uh, was talking to me about someone he knew that provided that experience and then some of his loved ones who had done it and how transformative it had been for them. And so I think my, something had been kind of turned on for me with the ketamine. So I was more curious. I, I don't know. Part of me, I think, want, wanted to heal more, more deeply. And then part of me was also just curious, like multi layers of motivation, I think. Mm -hmm. And the work you're doing now brought you to this and what, what gave you the trust? What gave you permission to take something so radical and from coming from only doing pot and not doing any other drugs in your life, how did you get to a safe place within yourself? Well, I guess it, it feels radical, but also not radical. The research around psilocybin has really kind of helped me have like Feel like I had my feet planted in something that was measurable and had been legitimized kind of but then also I think well maybe not I was going to say that the tradition of psilocybin and like the history of it but I, I think I didn't really think about it until afterwards so I don't think that's what led me to it now I look back at reading some of your book and um, keep that in mind yeah, the the historical aspects and the reverence that people mm -hmm. placed on it does yeah. it make everybody like turn into an orange tree and grow dreadlocks. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I have yeah, the dreadlocks going. <laughs> right. But right. what you found in the experience? Can you tell me? You say you're walking with much more embodiment. How did you experience that within the session? What was unlocked? I guess I'm not 100% sure how to put it into words. Just what, what I wanted to hear. <laughs> right? right? Okay. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. It's, it is. It's unmanageable sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a surprise and letting go. And I guess to me, I mean, I hate this word reborn because it, I associate it with like Christianity and kind of woo-woo stuff stuff that I find but it did feel a little bit like rebirth and all that that entails so removing construct of Christianity or any spirituality for that matter mm -hmm. how could mm -hmm. you re-narrate that and what would be a way to reframe reborn oh no I don't know how to understand it but the I guess all I can talk about is the experience the experience felt like becoming a baby again both con cognitively, physically, but also having like an awareness of being grounded in the present and going through even physically changes, moving around and kind of discovering your body and your mind uh, with, with somebody there kind of as the, the secure attachment figure. And so like, I felt like I was re-experiencing my development in a safe environment this time safer so what i'm also really appreciative of you sharing in this transparent way that there was security in the experience in your psychedelic journey you were confident and found a secure attachment to replay out much of your birthright and much of your earlier existence in your origin 
Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> That's remarkable. Isn't it? I am quite in awe of it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And by having that security, what did that give you the permission to do in that session? Well, I think feel like so many frightening feelings, physically, mentally, emotionally, in a very raw way, and I'm unmediated by the frontal cortex or prefrontal cortex, just kind of in it in a way that I don't think I could have ever experienced without the medicine and without the secure attachment. Like they both had to be there. Yeah. To give you that sense of wonder, surrender, and then. Oh, surrender is a good word for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That pace too. I can hear when I'm listening to you talk that there was ample space and time to go at it at your consent and at your pace. Mm Mm-hmm. The yes. scary things, the young, innocent things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No sense of rush or urgency. Yeah. Like, heal quickly. Do it now. <laughs> and isn't that the truth, though? Everything mm-hmm. that we're reading nowadays and everything that's out in the world, I, I mean, I'm grateful for you to say this, is there is kind of a paradoxical intent of, I hope this pill works. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it, it changes me and I hope I don't go back anywhere. Yeah. And now walking, you and I have done so much integration work. What do you take with it? What's in the little satchel? What's in the gems that you walk away with? You talk about secure attachment, safety, and these innocent, very new experiences of being reborn. How you, do you walk with that? Well, I'm try- I guess there's some sense of trying to sustain that state of mind, which I think can be kind of, I don't want to say dangerous, but tricky, like wanting to hold that sense of wonder and rebirth and hold on to it, like cling to it. And I think that that's exactly what I shouldn't be doing, but allow it to kind of develop on its own more, like through our integration work, things like that. Because I think it would be easy to sort of latch onto it and say, well, this is the state of mind I need to stay in in order to be okay or enlightened. I don't think that's right. I don't mean morally right. I just mean. Well, it's scary because it puts mm-hmm. us in a sense of failure. What I would hear, and I want to support you in your vision of that. The minute we hold onto it with a death grip, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Well, we tighten up. We're full of fear. And then we kind of lose the quality that we're seeking. <laughs> Right. It's so synthetic and almost becomes expectations unmet and could lead us right back down. I know for myself personally, I would, it falls me back into depression. It could bring me into a sense of anxiety, knowing that I can't harness it or fold it. Mm -hmm. Or that you're doing it wrong. Thank you. Mm. Were you ever afraid of that? Knowing that you're so new to this world, were you worried that, am I doing this right? Do I get the sense that I better be, especially with ketamine too, right? Mm-hmm. Entering into this world with ketamine, they tell you, this is your protocol. These are your sessions you need mm-hmm. to do. And with like underground therapy or any kind of work organically, there's really no prescription. Your intuition has to run that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 
the, with the ketamine, I think there is actually less protocol than you might think. They sort of just put you in a room with the infusion and they're like, have fun. <laughs> You're like sent to another planet. And nobody ever really talks to you about how your experience was or anything. So I think I'm going away from your original question, but there's the lack of integration, I think, with, with those those experiences. I forgot what your original question was. I'm sorry. No, you're doing great. It's my tangent-based lifestyle, too. We were just talking about the, <laughs> right? The, the psychedelics and when you're working with psilocybin, we often have to listen to our intent, our intention. Oh, yeah. And with, with ketamine, I was just kind of imagining that, and you're right, there is no real protocol, but there's a prescription of, oh, you need to come in often. I hear that story this many times, or you should do it this often. What I'm yeah, hearing from true. you right now, it, you're coming up against, okay, I don't want to hold on to this with a death grip. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, but your intention. Yeah, nobody's is telling me what, how many to do, how often to do it. Yeah. Where does that leave you? How, how are you making sense of it? How how are you listening to your body, that embodiment, that mind, that heart? No, no. I guess it's it's not looking as much to an authority figure like doctors and traditional medicine to tell you what you need, which can be good too, but this kind of invites you to look more internally and notice what's coming up and kind of try to trust that, at least listen to it, notice it. I hear a voice that's very soft and delicate. Is there an emotion that's coming up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What am I hitting? Yeah. What am I hitting? I just, I feel vulnerable. Yeah. Talking about that. Mm -hmm. Well, I, it means the world to me. It's deep. I mean, what you're talking about is super deep. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm very sensitive. And especially if there's no words or answers or... The idea of it being pulled out from under us, it's very uh, nerve-wracking, or as you alluded to earlier, walking a tightrope. Yeah. Is there an emotion right now, though, of hope at all, knowing that you found this? Yeah, ho hope. Yeah, like a, it's like a sweet sadness. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And that's the challenge, right? Walking one foot in this crazy world still. And then sure. exploring what is ours. Mm -hmm. They're pretty magical experiences, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, closest to magic I've ever gotten. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where does that leave you? I don't know what you mean. Let me be a little more articulate. You're wonderfully <laughs> helping me. <laughs> knowing that this is available yeah. you've explored it and we've done the integration work and you've articulated to me you've done some micro dosing and mm. what becomes your intuition how do you listen to your body now what are ways you're listening to your body well i, I i'm definitely noticing I'm, I'm more tuned into how I feel in my body, like 
if I'm in it, <laughs> if I'm expanded into it and my heart and other organs, actually different parts of me feel more like me. And I'm noticing more when I try to escape that and get outside of my body. And in terms of microdosing, I tried that sort of didn't seem to do too much. And there is a part of me that just kind of wants to run back towards the, the medicine, the psilocybin and say, you know, like, give me more. But I also want to like kind of let this kind of unfold and blossom and see what happens over time. I'm super appreciative of that because what you're saying is you're doing the work. You're actively engaging in it right now. Trying my darndest. Isn't it transparent though, or kind of hilarious? I mean, I myself, I could imagine, yeah, you can get lost in that experience of running back to it and saying, give me more, give me more. I want another experience. I'm ready to keep adding to my, you know, another brick in the wall. Yeah. But yeah. the reality is, is that is a complete bypass of the work on this realm and dealing with maybe mm -hmm. depression, anxiety, way of living. Mm -hmm. I think so. It's very noble. Well, looking for a cape. Yeah, there you go. And the, and the, the, the Haley's Comet, right? The tale of the psychedelic mm -hmm. experience. It, it does trail off. It does go very long. Mm -hmm. if you're awake to it. And I hear you resonating with that. How so? Yeah. Well, like after the experience, like the world just had a sparkle for a long time. I felt very much like a, like what I remember feeling like when I was like four or five. Oh, wow. Noticing all of the intricate little subtleties in the natural world. Wonder. Definitely not wanting that to fade, but it, it did, but that's okay. There is, it's not completely gone because I remember it and I think that it means something. Yeah, there's a tell. And then the idea of knowing that it will fade away, but that there's a way to go back to it, go back to that little mm -hmm. girl, go back to what she experienced in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that that's part of human experience. You know, it showcases the emotions, the radical roller coaster we live on, too. No, yeah, right. And that's just as real as the depression that I feel. That sense of wonder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes the depression provides us with a lot of information, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Lies too. Right. Where it kind of is just as seductive as that psilocybin experience. Like, mm -hmm. please stay in it with me. Please stay in the darkness, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of lies in that. I get it. What do you do with it? The depression? Yeah. It depends. I mean, I, for me, like when I'm in it so deep, there's a certain point where you, I can't even really think anymore. I just feel like I'm in the throes of some force that's way bigger than me. And I, I can't function and even... Um, and so I, I sort of have to reach out a hand for somebody to help. That's, that's sort of a surrender too. Like I can't, I can't help myself. Other times I'm able to live with it and I carry it and it feels like it's inside me. 
like I'm just holding this cup that's really, really full and I have to walk carefully <laughs> or it's going to spill everywhere. Yeah. And it's hard. It's so tiring. It's reassuring to hear you say, though, the secure attachment earlier within the session is also evident in your now significant clarity around when depression is looming or too big. You know to find the safe people who support mm -hmm. your, your allies. Yeah. Yeah. Secure, loyal. Mm -hmm. And you know my lovely mantra of being gentle with yourself. Do you ever find yourself questioning that? Do you, or are you finding yourself more gentle with yourself since the psychedelic experience? So much more gentle with myself. Yeah. I really like, I recognize things about myself that I really dislike. I'm like, that's okay. No, I don't like everything about everybody. And <laughs> just kind of accepting just more of the grossness and the weirdness actually kind of liking it sometimes even yeah that is a huge part of the psychedelic world isn't it is it uh, it's not just about rose colors and unicorns but it actually makes us so much more comfortable in the messiness yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's so just real so just damn real and that's nice. realness is everything isn't it the truth the realness is such a <laughs> breath of fresh air Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It means the world to me that you're sharing all this with you. Tell me a little bit. You talked about you craving an experience or going at an experience. Do you know is not the time when it's not the time to lean into psychedelics, knowing that you're so new to it? Mm -hmm. it sounds very paradoxical, but you know, this idea mm -hmm. of using it whenever we need it, right? Or oh, let's go to mm -hmm. the clinic and just get a ketamine infusion. When do you know it just doesn't feel congruent? Actually, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. Maybe if I'm just looking for uh, like a quick answer, is it an easy answer? Or just to feel good? That like might that. not be the right time. I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can get behind that though, as if we're just looking for a quick answer because of all the work that integration takes, all the mm -hmm. substance that you have to digest. It's, mm -hmm. it's quite a bit. We're looking to change reality. I can't handle living in this reality. Yeah. Great way to end our conversation. Who can handle living in this reality? <laughs> right. I know, right? <laughs> Is that reality? Um, I don't know. But it's not because of what the psychedelics did. It's because it's just no, the no. nature of it, right? And that's the nature of reality in itself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. the wonderful relationship psychedelics provides people. It's like you squeeze it, you use it, and it's like toothpaste being squeezed out of a toothpaste container. You can't put it back in. And yet reality is so crazy anyways it's not because psychedelics did that no no we're just no. a little bit more alert now all of a sudden you're like oh just no. more aware of it right. yeah yeah i always say that yeah the more sober you are all of a sudden you start thinking it's more of a psychedelic trip you're like wow that just happened <laughs> yeah exactly it's great to have you it's great to be here <laughs> <laughs>